Welcome to In The Room, where we explore the elusive world of casting for film, TV, and commercials. Join us as we interview directors, writers, producers, and actors, taking a deep dive into their experiences with casting and how the ultimate decisions are made in bringing a story to the screen. Get an inside look at casting and find out what really goes on in the room. Down here we've got research and development, which is... Hey, what are you guys doing? Nothing. Nothing. Carry on. Do my best, guys. Here at U.S. Allied Nothing, we manufacture and distribute nothing. In fact, we've been doing nothing, nothing but, since 1947. We're just excited to be the exclusive nothing provider for Tropicana Orange Juice. They've been adding nothing to their juice forever. Can't say that about some other juices. This here's Dolores. She's been helping us do nothing for 36 years 36, now. 36 years. It's people like her, these good-for-nothing people that make us proud. So today's uh, hat is brought to you by uh, me. Um, it's in honor of Richie's character arc in The Bear. And that amazing line, I wear suits now. I'm hoping to experience an arc like that, that myself. That was an audition, I think, for yeah. The Bear. Mm. That was me auditioning for The Bear. Mm. I, I wear put you, suits I'd now. put you in the yes pile. You would? Okay, yeah. thank you. Well, today, actually, we're in the room with Chris Smith. He is a veteran commercial director, renowned for his remarkable skill in the art of crafting captivating advertising spots. Oh, Lord. Just endure. You can do it. Okay. As the commercial- <laughs> threw up a little bit <laughs> yeah. in his mouth. Here so, we go. So pretentious. Who <laughs> wrote gonna, this? I'm going to- This gonna... is Chat GPT wrote this. Totally. Here we go. Just don't use the word filmmaker, but continue. Okay. <laughs> As the commercial director at Sugar Films, Chris has established himself as a leading figure in the industry, oh. consistently delivering exceptional work that resonates with audiences and leaves a lasting impact. If you could just do this, why are we? Oh my God, the L7. I've been impacted. <laughs> now what sets Chris apart? This is all new to me, but keep, are you go ready? keep going, yeah. Is his unparalleled ability to build strong connections with both agencies and clients. Mm. His natural rapport building talents, combined with his unwavering passion for the creative process, have paved the way for a career marked by repeat collaborations and satisfied partners. His <laughs> Satisfied <laughs> partners. <laughs> I'll have to ask my wife about that. Okay, but. yeah. His clients trust him not only for his impeccable track record, but also for his genuine dedication to turning every project into a work of art. He's also known for his insatiable love of tacos. That part's true. <laughs> Finally. I knew we'd get somewhere. Finally we get to the I mean, part. I know you don't want to agree with that just because you're humble, but all that is true. I think so. All that is true. From what I've seen from my... 30 plus years hanging out with you. That's right. Yeah. Seems like yesterday I walked into Gabriel Sherry's yeah. casting in Santa Monica, saw this sweet little boy Aww. on the camera. Being I actually do. Like I'm, I was watching a bunch of your commercials the other night and they're just, they really are beautiful, pretty little oh. well, works thanks. of art. Well, you've been in two of them, three of them. That, those are the beautiful ones. No, no. I, I mean, I'm serious. I think, 
I should be able to recognize one of your commercials when they come on. And I feel like I do actually. Um, you just, I don't know. You have something that's a, just a touch different. Like oh, that's sweet. Yeah. It's the love of tacos. <laughs> I think it is tacos. So how did you get here? Let's just talk a little bit about how this, from the twenty two twenty two to Koenig, and then no, you took from Lamar DJing, yeah. yeah, from from no, from the local news, really. Oh, local, my, local my career path. Yeah, 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 your career path. So you're, oh, no, you're, no. you're born in a hospital, yeah, and then what happens? Uh, this is I don't know. Directing's my third career, I think. Uh, let's see what I do. Out of out of uh, school, I was recording engineer. So I worked in studios in Houston in the early 90s. Worked. That's because your dad, right? No, this no? is before that. Okay. This is like recording studio stuff that I just got into. And they, because I knew how to use computers in the early 90s, they signed me to a lot of the rap projects. And so I got to work on like all these legendary bands like UGK. Let's let's and, let's go into some Houston rap uh, history. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> let's go talk deep. about it. No, I mean, you know, I'm just kid. I'm 18 working in a studio and these, you know, dudes, Bun B and all them come in and I've never heard of them. You know, I'm fresh out of uh, the audio school at the community college. <laughs> this is amazing. And I'm, I'm the kid. Hey, this kid knows how to use the computers and the drum machine. So, <laughs> And uh, so there's me and all these like legendary, you know, rap groups that blew up later in the day. And I'm like, oh, I worked on that. I worked on that. You know, so that was cool. But did, that get, was did Ghetto Boys come through? Uh, yeah, they had their own studio for rap a lot, but you know, every time they're busy or they need overflow, they would like sniff around at different studios. So they would come around our Dude, place. I could occasion. do two hours on probably that alone. Yeah. But we'll keep going. Totally, totally. <laughs> uh, let's see. So I did recording studio and then my pops has been in news since like yielding times. Right. And, uh, and so he used to be local news reporter, as he says in his younger, thinner days. Uh, then in the early 80s, he became like a network photographer and editor, you know, so he'd be with any of the three major networks of the 80s, NBC, CBS, ABC. And uh, so we did that. And then in the mid 90s, he's like, hey, if you ever want to do sound for me, it's not as creative. You only have three channels of people talking. It's not like music, but I can make you a lot more money. And I was like, sure, let's do it. So I moved to Dallas and then he got me into that. So I did network news for six-ish years. And during that time, I decided like an idiot that I wanted to try doing a feature film from scratch, having never done anything in film ever. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, you watched a film. So I mean, how hard can uh, yeah, it be? Yeah, I mean, right? how hard can it be? <laughs> Uh, so me and a friend decided, well, we were going to do a short film, like a little David Mamet short film at first. And I was like, I don't know who David Mamet you is. Picked David <laughs> Mamet to yeah. make a short film well, he, out of a David Mamet. Well, he did. He's a true thespian. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, okay. Like okay. I'm sitting here watching Michael Bay's Armageddon and explosions. <laughs> and he's talking about like <laughs> the motivation and all this deep actory thespian stuff. And I'm like, cool, man. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this summer you come into town and uh, I'll figure out the camera stuff and you figure out the actory stuff and we'll do a short film. And then in that time, I read Robert Rodriguez's Rebel Without a Crew yeah. and like it totally struck me. I was like, man, fuck the industry. I'm doing this my way. And uh, so I scrounged up some bucks like he did and talked everybody into doing a feature, got actors who wanted to work on it for free. And Do you have a script? Uh, ish kind of winged it as we went. <laughs> and then, you know, I just learned the old fashioned way, sitting in bookstop every day, reading books on cinematography, acting, directing, editing, et cetera, et cetera. And no real camera experience yeah. before that. Uh, kind of. When you're a sound man in network news, you help the cameraman light everything. Right. And so like I practiced on that. Granted, it's like 
you know, live shots for MSNBC or whatever. But, you know, I'm, I was always like trying to be like the cameramen are just like, man, stick a fucking leg it up and let's go eat lunch, you know, and yeah. I'm all into, well, let's do a diffuse here and like an edge. And I was like really getting into it. And then they loved it because they're like, cool, I'll just sit back and drink my coffee and yeah. let the kid do it. Yeah. Um, but it was good practice for me. So. But that's also to acknowledge something that's, that has uh, stayed with you is that you have been had the ability to get a subject, learn everything about it, teach yourself, mm -hmm. and then become very proficient in it. I've noticed over the years. Yeah, I mean, it It ain't, it's not like you're born, I'm not no Amadeus of film, it's just, it was, <laughs> it was. It just, I beg to differ. Yeah, yeah. Please. Ma mammoth. Yeah, yeah. David Mammoth. I'm no, calling you that from it, now it, on. It's just perseverance and curiosity, yeah. you know, and a little bit of that, I'm gonna beat the odds. And I'll be honest, what really pushed me to get through it is when I was first telling people, I'm gonna commit to it, I'm gonna do a feature film on Super 16, it'll be great. Uh, one of my friends told these two guys that were already kind of directing some stuff, and I was like, don't tell anybody outside of our circle, I don't wanna you know, hear it. And these two guys heard about it and busted my balls, they were like gatekeeping hard. They're like, well, what have you ever done? Oh shit. Nothing. Well, who's your DP? Me, I'll f have you ever used a film camera? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to use a light meter? Yeah, I'm learning. And they're like, hey, man, I hate to tell you, bro. It's going to suck. Oh, no. It's going to suck. Yeah. And throughout the shooting of all summer of 98, it's hot. It was cricket infestation in Dallas that, that year. And whenever I wanted to quit and I would talk to Kahan, who I did the movie with. And I, every time I was like, dude, what if we just quit now? I made it a short film. He knew, like, I was like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future. Like, every time you called him chicken, he, like, got new energy. Like, he'd be like, all right, man, I guess those two guys are right. Yes. <laughs> you know? And I'd pop back up. It's 2 in the morning. I'm tired of shit. I'm worn out. I've barely eaten because I can't afford food. And I'm just like, let's go fucking shoot this movie. Yes. You know? <laughs> it's just why adversity and struggle yeah. is, is good. Yeah. But it was the torture, getting back to your original point, the torture of doing the movie shooting scenes some worked and i was pleasantly surprised and some were horrible and it's a matter of having the humility to have the film transferred put it in your edit system and go that was trash that was self-absorbed garbage but then you learn from it yeah. and then you rewrite the scene and then you see how many film roles you have left that you agree <laughs> that you bartered with kodak about yeah and then you're like well I'm rewriting this whole thing because I realized there's a bunch of inside jokes no one cares about. And that's where you learn what really film's about, you know, being a selfless, telling a selfless story to entertain people, not to show off some inside bullshit that you're into, you know. So it's that hard lesson where you had to pay. And it was just doing a movie for two years, shooting, reshooting. Uh, we had no crew. It was me and some stoner kid I found at Mars Music. <laughs> Or the crew. He would hold the microphone. He'd help me set up lights, and that was it. And I had an Aton camera that was kind of broken. I had to kind of lightly bang on the ground to get the motor to work again. And we shot a whole movie, feature film from scratch. You, you have to, you, you, you also have to say, you kids today have it so easy. Totally. Oh, my God. I'm glad but I came also, up with film. I would, I, it would bum me out if like it was as easy as, you know, I mean, shit, our iPhones shoot as good as a 16 yeah, camera. But yeah. also, don't you kind of want to go back to that feeling? Uh, sometimes the, fe the feeling or the or the process i mean i don't think you get the feeling without the process being that struggle okay. and i'm not saying you want to do that all the time but that beginning essence of like i don't want to do it for realsies but i miss the romance of it yeah i miss that uh when i'm sitting there shooting and i can lightly hear that little f which sounds like 
you know, the money. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you know, and that's, and it's that little purr, the kitten purr on your shoulder while you're shooting a scene, hoping the actors can nail it in two takes because you can't afford anymore. And, uh, and I also miss when I got into commercials in the first 10 years I did commercials was all, you know, 35 millimeter. And I miss like, you know, on set you have the, the tap of the, and it looked horrible, looked like a 1980s, like security camera quality is terrible. But you had a vague idea, mostly from looking through the optics, but especially if we did dailies in town, I could go home, take a shower, put on my PJs and then go over to film workers or video post or whatever, you know, 2 AM that comes out of the lab and to sit down and grab a beer. And it felt like Christmas, you know, Aww. like, you know, like see what you got. Yeah. And, uh, that was kind of fun. You yeah. know, I look yeah. finally, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm now happy as a clam looking at the monitor live going, looks great. Moving on. Yeah. 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 You know? But uh, I mean, I think all art, is like that you got to get the shit out first. You know, so it's not yeah. like any of it was a mistake. I feel like, like being in the film era, other than the romance, is I think anybody started in film and then moved into digital stuff, is it probably trains you completely different. Like I'm, I I hear from editors and stuff that I'm my ratios of like what they can use versus how much I shot is really high, you know? And I think I still have that from my indie film days where everything is thought about. I don't do the thing where I have 50 cameras and shoot everything, mm. let an editor find the nuggets, mm-hmm. you know? I Even in kind of visual stuff where you're finding things, I still already pretty much mapped out everything I'm doing and what I'm doing in advance. You know, so there's very little slop. And I think I got that from coming from film. Mm-hmm. And also that film, though, did well. I mean, it was well you received. premiered at Sundance? Uh, so what's funny is after finishing, it took me like two years of editing and reshooting and re-editing. So it took a four-year total cycle or two years? Two-year total. Yeah. Well, I shot it all summer 98. And then in the year two, early two, in the year 2000, <laughs> in the year 2000, uh, I was, we were done, Kayon and I were done with it and we showed it in a, a small theater for friends where we felt like we did it. It's done. Yeah. We did it. We Fuck you guys. We did it. Yeah, we did it. To be fair, r- wrapping up those two guys. Were they there? They came and they were cool as shit. Get it. And they actually remembered me. And I didn't be like, hey, you're my inspiration for two years because you're dicks. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I didn't say that. <laughs> this movie's dedicated to you. Yeah. Being an asshole. <laughs> no, on their own. I did tell my friend who knew them. I was like, hey, make sure they <laughs> come around. Check it out. Uh, they showed up and they were cool as a, they were cool as shit they were like man i remember having this conversation like dude you beat the odds like be and one of the guys like you gotta admit statistically i was correct and i was like yeah probably yeah. you know he goes dude you beat the odds like so congrats i mean that's cool how i feel shit. about most people that finish a film i'm like dude you did it like that's amazing so it was huge but when i was done i realized i hate making movies <laughs> Like I hate long form. I hate everything about it. It feels. I felt like I was in jail for two years, you know, and uh, you know where you're just like it's that albatross, you know. And every time you want to quit, you're like, I can't. The amount of shit we've been through, the amount that that actors have given their time, and uh, I point at Heather when I say actor. I know you used to, but th- this is who I think of as. Yes, she this, is definitely. This I'm is an a, actor. This is a truth. Uh, yeah, right I was now. just a money grabber. There yeah. you go. <laughs> hey, you gotta have both. <laughs> we uh, did skip our introduction. That's all right. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Everybody actor, knows who we are now. Heather actor, John, <laughs> John Money Grabber. Money Grabber. Yeah. Uh, what was I complaining about? Oh yeah. So, anyways, we did the movie. I was sick of it, and I thought, hey, why don't I just not do anything with it and call it film school? But I felt like I at least owe it to do something. The actors put the work in. Blah blah blah. Uh, and then my roommate at the time, who's 
Tony Maglini, who's the executive producer of Sugar. Uh, he was my roommate at the time, and I was like, hey, let's get into commercials because they have like two or three week turnarounds, which is my attention span, and I think there's some money in it. So what was what was Sugar doing? Uh, we were nothing. nothing. Yeah, it was just him and Tony. Just, they oh, were the, roommates. Oh, well, it didn't exist yet because yeah. Tony and I had worked for a different company oh, for a year. Oh, oh, I see. Until we decided to do our own thing, right. and it wasn't even called Sugar. And Tony had no background in in it, did he? No, other than he dated a girl who worked for a film this is company. How, this is how it works. Yeah, this, which this, is how I yeah, got into it. This is exactly how it works. It's always a girl. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I was done just wrapping up the movie. I was like, that sucked. But here I'm fully trained on how to direct and DP and edit and all these things, but I don't know what to do with it. And I was still picking up news jobs to survive. And uh, I went with Tony to his girlfriend's job one day on set where there was a commercial director. And... Uh, you know, I've been sitting here starving and begging for cash and all this stuff. And I go to the commercial set and the director shows up on a Porsche and, you know, and, and shoots for like 20 minutes and everybody hands him coffee and shit. And then he gets in his Porsche and leaves. And I looked at Tony. I was like, we're doing what that dude does. <laughs> I think I decided just right now that I want to do it too. <laughs> yeah. Will you train me? Yeah. Can I apprentice for you? You can. Yeah, of course. I would like to transition into commercial directing. Uh, fine, take my place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was 23 years ago. Wow. Which seems like two jobs ago. But that's the long, boring story. Did yeah. anybody come to you at that point and say to you and Tony, you guys can't do this? <laughs> uh, no, because, you know, everybody who's into directing is into short films or features or something. Yeah. Like, almost nobody cares about commercials, you know? Right. Like commercials are, you know, we're the cockroaches of the film industry. Like we make the Which thing that no one crazy, wants to watch. Which is crazy, but we pay, the commercials and advertising pay for it all. Of course. Pay for it all. Yeah. And no one understands that like, that's where all the money comes from. For, yeah. For my, the movies, for the TV, for everything. For everything. Yeah. Yeah. My kid will watch YouTube and he's trying to show me a video about Minecraft and then an ad comes on. He's like, stupid ads. I was like, uh. I paid for that iPad in the room you're in. Yeah. I was about to say. Yeah. <laughs> but it allows for you to watch this platform for free that you right. love. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's when I realized uh, Tony and I were born commercial people and have no interest in long form. It's I, I hear that like the cliche out there is like most commercial directors haven't really done a long form yet. And that's the dream. They're just doing commercials till they, yeah, they get their script going and yeah, all that. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. I did the long form first and I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. I love me some commercials. Yeah. You know, so I, I got all the artistic expression out of my system. I know first. I'm starting to love them too. I was a big, like, you know, first of all, I was raised in 1970s films. And so I very mm. much wanted to be a, a major film mm. actress and still do. But I was not interested in television at all growing up. And then television became a different entity, like now. You didn't want to be on Facts I, of Life. I didn't want to be strokes. on Falcon Crest or whatever was oh, going yeah. on. Oh, yeah. That was a good knots landing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really want to do any For of that most stuff. of our audience, you'll have to Google all those things. All shows. those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're old. Um, no, but I didn't want to do any of that. And I not, we didn't want to do like a three camera live comedy kind of thing. Right. And then I certainly didn't ever want to do commercials. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I will do commercials all day long. Yeah. 
if you're hiring. <laughs> I am so like okay yeah. with it. And I think it happens to a lot of actors as we get older. I think that's why you start to see, you know, Ed Brimley or whoever out there is like, buy gold or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's a nice, the, comfy the diabetes. gig. Yeah, the diabetes. The diabetes. The diabetes. <laughs> you're still like, you know, you're still the actor on set, but it's like a nice... Like, you, I don't have to turn myself inside out and shave eyebrows and do stupid, like, just depth, soul-destroying shit. Yeah. I can just... What's funny is there's so many talented actors that are so capable far more than what we ask in commercials, you know? Because commercials, at the end of the day, are more characterization than building a character. Yeah. Meaning, she looks like a mom instantly. That yeah. looks like a dad instantly. You know, yeah. that's what commercials... It's not like real stories where where characters created, where what choices of action they make under duress. Yeah. You know, when you have long form. And in commercials, it's just like, you know, well, put on a cowboy hat. He's a cowboy, you know? Yeah. So it I almost feels feel... fun. It, but it, it does. It feels like a like yeah. a, like a a spa day. I mean, it, but it's, 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 it's more difficult because in, you've explained this great and i'll let you do it but we're we're purchasing your humanity and we want two seconds of it and it has to be impactful it's differently difficult yeah i mean i think the way you put it which was best was like i need a moment in a larger story and maybe you can talk into that oh yeah 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 oh that's from the one bio somebody no that's from in the room with you you, oh, yeah. Oh, I've said that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, you were deep that day. <laughs> Hell yeah. Probably had more coffee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, because I did my feature film, commercials, what I liked is like, cool. Each commercial is like one scene. It has one point to get across, one value that you need to change in the audience's mind, and just focus on that. And then three weeks later, you walk away and go to another one, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's what I learned about commercials. So that's how I find the art in it. You know, because in any scene in a long form, a scene should be cut out if there's no like distinct value that needs to happen in the mind of the audience. Right. And so obviously the agency, as they're writing it, they're trying to do that. The, the client wants that value, which is some association to their brand or product or service. And to me, that's the goal. You know, I'm not into all the 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 pizzazz of it if you look at my film i try to think that you could use any of my commercials from even 15 years ago and they still look pretty modern i don't get into all the yeah crazy i focus on what is the way to just tell the story keep the film clean without many tricks and bs and trendy stuff and just you know shoot a good story like you would do in a good film that being said they're commercials, you know? I almost right. feel bad when I go to an art, uh, an actor who's really good. And I always like him self-deprecating, like, I'm gonna really use your full instrument today. <laughs> Pick up that coffee and put it in the cabinet. <laughs> Sometimes, though, that just feels really good. Yeah, you know, it's, it gets exhausting. All well, the other and heavy sometimes lifting. It's really hard to find someone who can pick up that coffee and put it in the cabinet. Yeah, it is. right. <laughs> like I joke about how simple it is. I've done that thing where I'm just, you know, where you're just like, it's two in the morning, you know, you're doing a night shoot and all all you just like, you know, pick up the coffee cup, you know, and they're like, like, just pick up the coffee cup. Oh shit. I was like, this is a commercial. Here's the tempo. You look at the coffee cup, you pick it up, you sip it. You look at the coffee cup, you pick it, you sip, you know, and they're like, all right, cool. <laughs> like, oh my God, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I I won't do that to you. Yeah. Oh, now I'm like uh, Lemmy with Motorhead. I was about to say the Ace of Spades. Yeah, the Ace of Spades. Spades. So, t- okay, let's talk about it for the folks at home who don't know how does a commercial happen. Like, how, like where does it start? 
who writes it from beginning? Let's let's lay it all, all out. How did, where does it begin? Uh, I'm going to guess based on what I hear, because when we're brought in production company, it's fairly late in the game, right? Uh, the best analogy I use for people when they're like, well, what do you do? Do you write it and all that? My best analogy is how you would have a house built. You have the client, obviously, the people who want to build the house, and that would be our client. And then if you're building the house, you'd go to an uh, uh, architect, the people who are brilliant at understanding houses and design and listening to the client, and they work with the client forever until they have plans that are pretty rock solid. They're open to interpretation, but they generally have the CDs. They have a plan. And then they call the construction company, and that's us. And then I'm like the foreman of the construction company. And if you look on set, I mean, it looks like construction, <laughs> except for there's yeah. a camera in there somewhere. It's a mix between yeah. a carnival and a construction site. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's that's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's so, a great fucking description. Uh, yeah. That's a great way to break it down. So that's yeah. that's the, the explain it to grandma yeah. way. But yeah, I mean, an ad agency works with their client and- I don't know what the process is. I'm sure it's all of the above. I'm sure there's some where, you know, they write it the night before while they're drunk and the client loves it immediately. And let's get it. Let's, you know, let's make a picture. Yeah. You know, uh, and then sometimes it's two years of just repitching, repitching. Re and so I've talked to some creatives and they're like, if I have to hear these words one more time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then by the time it gets to us, uh, you can just feel the backstory and the, and yeah. the thing sometimes sometimes it's uh, like what those two entities have yeah been, like uh, been how long they've been through it because sometimes it's like man just whatever you got man let's hear it you know like i've been through the ringer i need i need something new i need something fresh you know and then uh, where i feel like maybe it's been in the loop for a while and then there's others where I, you know it's fresh out of the can and you know everybody still has all that childhood excitement right but i mean that's half the job of the director is to hand it off to a new bundle of energy to 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 take it as a surrogate and to love on it, and then and then it gets handed down to us, right? Well, hold on, and, okay. But how I, do they I choose, have something to say about? about okay. How do they that. choose you? Uh, bribes, bribes, uh, bribes, kickbacks, <laughs> yeah, and a twelve-sided dice. Okay, die. Uh, in the real world, the normal process, and I'm not saying it's always the normal process, but the normal process is they usually, uh, usually the agency producer. Uh, has a bunch of reels or gets to know reps or whatever, has some idea of like the, the spread of directorial talent out there. Uh, and then when they see a script, they show their creatives, their writer and art director, uh, you know, a bunch of reels or whatever. And then they will narrow, almost like casting, they narrow it down to usually three as a bid mix. And then uh, they, they reach out, to see if they're available, interested, et cetera. And then we do the first creative calls and it's kind of like a blind date. Used to be over conference call, but now it's over Zoom, which is a thousand times better. Yeah, you know, way better than conference way call. better. But at, at this point, too, he's with two other companies auditioning. They have he's put in a treatment. He's built right. a vision. The, that's They've what done I want to bid. Know. So like, like they put what? a ton of work in just on the hopes to have this R conversation. He, it's actor right here mm -hmm. gets gets it the audition process and all the work that goes into nothing. A so do you know the concept? Like let's take a let's take a commercial and break it down. So yeah, they they give us the script. So they've written the script. Yeah, yeah, and they give you the current script. Not to say it won't change because it always does, but they give you the script. Well, they give it to you and they say, "Can you make this better?" And so then, what you're pitching to them is, "Well, why don't we?" And then you have a vision for it, or yeah, yeah, it's, or you're yeah. At the end of the day, a commercial director 
is just a transducer of ideas to the film medium. <laughs> did you read your did bio? You, did you just <laughs> transducer? Wrapped yeah. up like a dude. Wrapped up like. Um, I, I think, I mean, it's up to every agency person. It's same as like, Chris what do you look for? Transducer. Okay, yeah. give, me, give me one. Give me a commercial that you then pitch on. Like any one of my commercials? Yeah. I don't even remember what I shot. H-E-B. The H-E-B, that's my, one of the best ones, right? The, the H-E-B Super Bowl spot with the aliens, which is like- I a, love that one. Such okay, a great so spot. how But just to be start? clear, I love all my commercials like my children. <laughs> you love them all equally. I love them all equally. That's because yeah. Chris is a transducer. He's transduce. Yeah. He's trans- transduce. He's <laughs> transduce. Uh, like the alien one? Yeah, the alien one. So oh, let's yeah. start there. So, so that's the comes... 2012 HEB Super Bowl spot, so it which is one of my you. favorite spots to shoot. Yeah. Because it's as, probably as close to how I would actually Shout out Aaron things. Spivey. Shoot, Shout out shot Johnny, Johnny Mars. Mars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Aaron Spivey. That's yeah. where I fell in love with Aaron Spivey. Yeah. Man, one of the best actors in Texas. Love that guy. Agreed. Uh, okay. I mean, it's hard to remember. Back then, the late Brittany Surrett wrote that and managed- one of the most sweetest, most awesome ladies. Uh, so Brittany and Wendy wrote that uh, for the Richards group and their clan HEB. And uh, so when they passed it to me, I th- oh, I th- we were in a bid mix with MJZ, you know, one of the best production companies in the world. And uh, and I think MJZ, because it was like a huge deal, right? It, like Super our thing. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And we were going to do a 60 with a 90 second version for web. And it's supposed to look like the trailer to like a massive Spielberg film. Which it does. It does. Well, thank you. In a world. In a world. Yeah. Uh, of H-E-B brand products. <laughs> um, here, everything's better. Yeah. <laughs> um, which it is. I love H-E-B. I do too. I've, love it. I've done many in H-E-B. Uh, what was I complaining? Oh, yeah. So you get the script. And then, so I was bidding against, I forgot who at, at MJZ, but probably somebody who's a hero of mine because like every one of their directors is amazing and uh, inspiration to me. So I'm sure I was, you know, bidding against some guy I was like worshiped or whatever. Um, but, and I, I'm, I'm sure their ideas are amazing, but like their budgets were like, it was like a couple million dollars. And the HEB, uh, the head of marketing basically said, yeah, I'm not paying more than half a million for this. <laughs> like just to, uh, uh, you know, so uh, we came in at, you know, 490 or whatever. Yeah, just right under. So I, I said, look, uh, here's the vision. It's late 70s Spielberg. You know, it's uh, it's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You know, just go big and we're going to take every resource we can. And, and we're not going to do it the normal way where we all discuss what locations, whatever. Like to do this all in three days to hit the budget, like you got to just trust me. So we searched all over Austin, San Antonio, and the towns in between, and just linked together things that we could shoot, like in the morning at an airplane hangar to look like a military base, and then mm-hmm. run over to the power plant on East Austin to look like uh, NASA mission control, because they have all the doodads and shit, and then run to this country house to look like the aliens are invading their house, you know, and linked it all together, and we shot almost- Cornfields. Yeah, cornfields yeah. in the middle of winter. And then you also yeah. you also took off and did B-roll, like you guys went all over Texas and did B-roll. Yeah. So- yeah. I do that a lot, especially now in the digital era where it's easier. Um, anytime that I feel like I can like sprinkle in the the little sauce to the stuff that, you know, when the, when everybody's on set and the, you know, the clients and the crew and all that, there's sometimes if you can just escape with an AC and an AD and a camera and go pick up a bunch of stuff, like on that shoot, we shot all kinds of stuff. I just always kept 
an Alexa with us all the time, even when we weren't on the set. I remember in the middle of the night, we just went downtown while we were staying in San Antonio, and I had the DP pull out his phone and shoot the the tower, the yeah, Tower yeah. of Americas, and leaving some room in the sky. And I was like, cool, that'll be another shot of them trying to shoot the aliens in the sky. And they used it. Yeah. And so I just pick up these random shots of like just people around us, whatever, looking like they're all viewing and it's that little sprinkles that just make it seem more rich, yeah, yeah. you know, and bigger scope. And, and n- none of that's on the page either. None of that's on. That's all his vision yeah. and all his. What is on the page? On that one, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I mean, it depends. Like some scripts are really tight, and I don't veer off of it a lot. I mean, it, to me, if it's tight, it's tight, and we stick to the plan. And uh, and obviously, you need to promise a certain amount of things that the clients need. You know. Uh, how and when are we going to see products in certain situations, right? And then sometimes I'm not adding things. I'm not creating things that weren't there before. You know, you just add your your little flavor. You know, every person, whatever they do, it's like your signature. No one's going to do it the same way. You ask 100 directors how they're going to shoot a guy, grab a, a coffee. It's going to be 100 different ways some person grabs a coffee. What they think is the right speed, tempo, vibes, whatever. It just, you know, you just add your little sauce on it. Uh, and no matter how much I promise through boards and stuff, I also reserve the right to improvise a little on set. You know, it's like jazz. Sometimes you just don't know till you get there. Yeah. You know, sometimes my favorite parts are the little things that you just kind of throw in. I mean, that's the thing that uh, that one especially I think went way beyond what it was on paper and became came much better than what it was. But a lot of times, what I was going to say is that we get it when we get it. Yeah, he's they've hyped it up, right? So you guys that, are all you're all attached. Yeah, they're attached. They and hyped. Then, they hyped it up. They, the the agency thinks they have this amazing thing, right? And, and they give it. The, and then they get. They come to us, and, and they're like, "We're making a Wes Anderson film," you know. <laughs> and you're like, "You're making a Subway commercial." <laughs> uh, and and then and then they come in and they see the actors, and they're like, "I think that's the first time that rubber meets the road," and we really kind of see what when you start watching those tapes, you kind of see what we have. Yeah, that's why I miss. The in-person callbacks. Yeah. There's a lot of the pandy that changed the game in ways that I like better. The, pa- that it- <laughs> the pandy. That's great. I think, I think it's what, that's what the kids <laughs> call it. The pandy? That's yeah, awesome. it's the TikTok term. That's awesome. Know. I've never heard that. I, I'm um, using that from now on. Uh, Pre-pandy, post-pandy. Exactly. Uh, what was I complaining about? Um, in-person callback. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So like some things like using Zooms instead of the awkward audio conference call where you never know if anybody's listening, paying attention, right. you can't read face, whatever. Zooms have changed the game in a right. wonderful way. Uh, wardrobe fittings are now just done by Dropbox and it's no longer us all sitting in a room awkwardly staring, staring at actors at wearing yeah. something that looks horrible and none yeah. of us wants to be the asshole to point it out. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Very um, Stevie Nicks rumors album. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, does he have to have the belt? Yeah. So now that's all just done by Dropbox. We yeah. make it real easy. It's remote. Yeah. You know, some I, of that I see live great. things and I make like notes or I crop, meetings on Zoom. Yeah. Are I great. crop the top and the bottom, go mix these two. And, yeah. But Auditions. part I don't like is the callbacks are now virtual, which is hell on earth for me. But getting Same. back to rubber meets the road, to me, callbacks weren't. Of course, we have to find the right thespian, right? That's that's the goal. But we're going to do that anyway. So to me, that part 
was great for me in the relationship with the agency because up till then we had our creative call, which is before we're bid. So it's always this hypothetical thing again, like a blind date where you're just feeling out vibes and you know, you like, you like raspberry ice cream. I do too. You know, like, you know, you're, you're like, you're feeling out. Is there a thing here? <laughs> yeah. But, but then when you get to casting or callbacks, it's like, now it's brass tacks. Like, let's actually do real plans in real physical space with real molecules on a camera and you stop talking about dreamy hypotheticals. And to me, callbacks was that time. We would all sitting on the couch. And then also the actors were like, it was like a test bed, it was a workshop. And then sometimes if we'd have like a really good real actor, you know, that was like really talented at what they did, they were malleable, they understand what you're saying and they offer things that you didn't ask for, the things that directors try to do for their clients. Uh, I would keep them in, you know, I'd keep them in extra long because it's not necessarily kicking their tires. It's kicking the tires of the script. Yeah. You know, like, because sometimes you, you like, especially if it's predicated on like line delivery, how is that timing going to be? Is the line funny? Is it funny if we tweak it or whatever? We'll sit and work with someone. And to me, it's not about that person. I probably love that person anyways. They're probably at the top of my yes pile. But it's for us to sit and go, does this thing work or what works about it? And I miss that when we're, we're looking at each other's eyes. And then when the actors go out and you have, have that you know minute while you guys are doing your thing in the lobby and getting them in, we sit and discuss stuff about the script or throw out ideas or have a rapport. And also when I work with new agencies I've never met, that's almost always when I met them for the first time in person. Yep. And so now I don't have that, you know? So it's like and weird it, when you don't but, know but them. Also when you're working with people, sometimes it's like, you're also sometimes trying to get them there too. Like they're, they got an idea and they're not quite getting it. Or, I mean, there's still there's yeah. a lot of variations in that, 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 and some people think, that, oh, it's great. I was in there for so long. It's like, it wasn't great. Yeah. And then sometimes yeah. it's like, yo, dude, they love you. They love yeah. you. They just couldn't. They, I mean, you did every idea that, that Chris brought and knocked it out of the park. Or sometimes it's lunch and everyone in the back row is eating. Or shopping. And they've just brought the food <laughs> and it's lunchtime and no one's paying attention to you but Chris. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris is like. Yeah. Chris is like. I have to take like a 10 minute break to eat because whenever they're like. Uh, you know, eat while we cut. I just can't. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like wrong. Yeah. It, it is it wrong. Just feels, I appreciate it. It feels rude as it's shit. It's very rude as shit, but you just come to expect it. It's like half of the people in the back row, you know they're important, but they're not watching anyway. They're just sitting on their laptop. No, Chris is like Gary Ullman in True Romance. And he is like on his feet, <laughs> just fucking yeah. working it, you know, and they're all just back there on their laptops or on their phone, not even looking at you, paying attention. And you know so what though? Bit like, Why I don't mind here? that because it shows a level of trust. You know what I mean? I don't mind it anymore either because I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to talk to you. Like, I just want to like, yeah, I'm just I mean, going to work with you anyway. I, yeah. So like whatever they need or want, they're going to funnel it through you anyway. So yeah, generally speaking, the people that's usually on the front couch areas, which is usually the director, the writer and the art director, they're the ones paying attention. Yeah. Or if the art director has been like saddled with like a billion comps they got to do for a client they'll yeah. like half in half out because they have like 82 producers Photoshop are in the back they yeah. producers yeah. are in, in the, the back, back. Yeah. creatives are in the front and they're also usually like come from a like very non-creative world would well you they're say? there to support and to be the they're know, they're the, creative in their own way well i mean like yeah. from our creative world yeah like, no they're the creative ones that stretch the dollar to give the client the most impact yeah and the times and all that it's stuff it's not an easy job it's no. not, not an easy, easy job no, no 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 but it's like it's not their job to really 
give nor their place about, really yeah, yeah. to 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 yeah. offer creative ideas. They're busy doing contracts and flights and all that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, or, uh, or looking at handbags. I'm just saying. Sometimes it's just usually sometimes. in in the film in the film world, those people aren't in your audition. They're uh, and some I the mean, people who are like managing flights and doing no, like that, but your like, producers are. I mean, sometimes. Yeah, but they're usually paying. No, yeah, they're not actually in. Yeah, you're right. In film, it's usually just the director and the AD and me. Yeah. It, when you say film, like real film, like yeah, like a like a theatrical casting, yeah, as opposed to a commercial casting, which it's a totally different. Yeah, yeah, that's totally where different. the director has some control over. <laughs> I mean, we I we still there's still an approval process. There's still we're still yeah. There's still a you know someone has to usually say yes. Yeah, I mean, whoever's paying for it is the last yeah, word. It's yeah. just the way it is across the board. In life. But does in it life. seem like it... Does it <laughs> Everybody does it, has a boss. Does, does it seem, though, like it's harder in the commercial world to uh, please everybody in this one moment of making this spot? I would say that some people get pushed aside because someone looks up for a second and says, eh, I don't know about them. And then it's like, everyone's like, okay, well, it's not worth the... Right, the fight, you know. But Chris will go to 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 the mat for people, you know, and he'll and he has to, you know, he has to he has to at the end of the day he has to go to, go to the mat to to say who he thinks would be, you know, his my favorite line of Chris's is when he talks to agency and he says, "If I was to direct this commercial," <laughs> <laughs> and and and, they, and then they go they go yeah yeah but but uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like. I like how you you know all of my smart ass shit yeah. that I don't even remember. <laughs> if I was directing, this is what I, I would, would do. do. Yeah, but and you're like, yeah, that's a good. I understand. I see that, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing with commercials, you know, this it's they're so thought about. It's not like uh, every choice we make is an artistic choice about the storytelling. I mean, there's so much. Commercials, obviously, at the end of the day, are about ROI for a client. Let's talk about that because how much money? Tell the people what yeah, that means. How much pressure is on the green? We should use the green one because the green one, the focus groups and the studies say that. This, right. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're gonna sign up to be a commercial director, you have to respect that. You you can't be you know the auteur that yeah. you know. I don't want. I don't want the. I don't care about stats and focus group, you know, well then don't direct commercials, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, because at the end of the day, that's what it's about. And if a good director shouldn't fight between art and commerce, they should figure out how to make art and commerce intertwine in a beautiful dance. Do you know what I mean? That's the goal of a good commercial. I feel like you do that. Actually, when I look back at your commercials, I'm like, that's, it feels like you hit that spot perfectly. Oh, thank you. I'm serious. Sears. I was trying to find the, the Sears, not the one with the refrigerator, but the one where the the what's her name uh, is the record player. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my favorite. I, mean, I didn't see yeah. that one. <laughs> and then and then we had Wendell. Yeah. What's Wendell's and, last and, name? Uh, uh, is it Johnson? And then and and Carlos Lozano. Yeah, Carla. Man, those three actors were. Awesome. Yeah. I love those. All three of those are so good. Wendell's one of my favorite and Carlos. Uh, Carlos you know, is phenomenal. Yeah. I fucking love Carlos. <laughs> so the, the first day I saw him, I was like, I love that guy. And then Wendell. And I don't know if he's acting or if he's just that weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know. <laughs> like, don't blow the illusion for him. Yeah. Yeah. It would really bum me out if he was like a, a totally normal. Yeah. Dude yeah. In real he's life. like, this is all just a, a joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Wendell, that was the commercial where we comped his head onto the body of a llama. Yeah. And he played the fucking funniest llama because Wendell, what I love about Wendell is he just has a whatever, man, you know, vibe. 
And when you like, you're a llama walking around in a Sears store. And that was fun to shoot because we brought a real llama into a Sears. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, that was open. Oh, I love that. And, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, and everybody's walking by, like having a double take, you know, like, is that, is that a llama walking along the, the mattress section? And they told Chris, they said, you don't need a real llama. And he's like, yeah, we need a real, real llama. llama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't need a real llama. Yeah, don't CGI me on this. Yeah. I want that llama. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was uh, post pandy, so oh, post pandy, no, pre pandy, no, pre pandy, pre pandy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So llamas okay. were okay, but then there's like a a a, a commercial like Tropicana nothing. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's one of my favorites ever. That's probably my favorite from all the ones that I was watching. You know what I learned from that is. We actually shot way more than made it in the edit. And you realize after you put in so many nothing jokes, it does get old. Like we shot enough because we thought, oh, well, on the web, we'll do make it like a short film. And so like we're going to do like a three minute version that just was all over the factory. The whole concept was a company, U.S. allied nothing that provides all the nothing that Tropicana puts in the orange juice because they don't put anything in the orange juice. But, you know, the whole conceit is that they're a whole industry and they're very proud and they come from a long line. Like we even start the commercial with a historical photo yes, of them I love it. doing nothing. Um, we brought in a whole bunch of shelves that are empty in the background. Uh, and then in the open area, it's just people meandering and bored, you know, yeah. and a forklift carrying nothing, you know. And then the CEO guy is just like so proud of the historical heritage of doing nothing. But when we edited it, we just realized once you do the first few nothing jokes, people are like, all right. We got it. I got it. Yeah. So it ended up at the right I, line. I mean, I think there's it, to do short format really, really good is really fucking hard. It's really hard. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. Yeah. You have such little and to do it to where it feels like you watched, you have a full experience, yeah. right? Yeah. It's really difficult and something you do really well, really well. Agreed. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> it gets down to like the specificity of every single thing within the frame. Right. right? It's yeah. like the receptionist, the minute she goes, ah, you know, it's like yeah. just the little wave and he's there. It's the little bits. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just so succinct. My favorite part about that commercial is Easter eggy because uh, my friend Dan, who has this expression all the time, <laughs> uh, he just showed up to the shoot just like hey i'm in i'm by i heard you guys shooting i was like yeah come on by and he showed up and he showed up with this thermos that's like this big yeah like a huge thermos because he just really needed whatever was in that coffee or whatever and he just was sitting there while on the set doing this and i'm like this guy would be the most perfect nothing employee <laughs> of all time so I said, go to wardrobe and have them dress you up. And the wardrobe for that was like faux, shitty, late 60s yeah, business, yeah. you know, like kind of retro-y. And so he went and he came out and, you know, and he had the button up the short sleeve and the bad tie. And I was like, it's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Suddenly I was so obsessed with him as a background character more than like the main bits. And so he's in. Damn near every single shot is like a Where's Waldo. No. And the funny thing is I first realized it when we're shooting that scene with where she's like this. Yeah. That was one of our first scenes. And uh, the AD, Darren, he's like, do you want any crossers in the back? Shout out, Darren. Darren, what's Darren. up, my boy? <laughs> uh, he goes, you want any crossers in the background or whatever? And I was like, wait a minute. They don't do shit. I said, put Dan in there and have him just leaning against the wall, sipping that giant, that giant uh, mug. 
and have him just look bored as shit. And he goes, all right. And Dan and Darren didn't even have to give him direction. No one did. He just said, hey, Dan, go lean against go that wait wall. Over there for us. Go lean against that wall and enjoy your, your mug. And he's like, oh, okay. And, and so if you watch that scene, watch it again. Look in the background. He's back That's there. Dan with almost zero direction. Just... <laughs> And then when we're in the warehouse, I put him in the background. I actually did a close-up of him where he was just sitting there just drinking that mug, looking around, bored of shit. And when we do the interview with the CEO when he's like in his office, Dan, I have him on the edge of that window out to the thing, just drinking his mug in the edge. And right before the edit goes away, I gave him a cue to like beam the camera. So right before the edit goes away, you see Dan literally look into the window and look right into the camera. I got to go back and watch it yeah. again now. So he's the fun little like extra layer yeah, in the yeah. background. I watched it like three or four times. I love it so much. <laughs> Thank you. That was written by Bill Cochran, Patrick Murray, formerly the Richards Group. Your lead actor is fantastic. Yeah. That's... The two dudes in the hallway when he walks over and they're just like stood there. Those guys are great. Uh, the second guy who goes nothing when the CEO goes, hey, what are you guys doing? They're like, nothing, nothing. Those are my best guys. <laughs> the second kid, I don't know, has ever acted in anything. I just wanted people that were not normal actors. Like, I wanted people that just... That like, he's just, got, like, that checkered suit, on, yeah, like, yeah, blazer on or whatever. Awesome. It's, like, ill-fitting. So the other kid who was in it, uh, I was told he literally shovels horse poop out at the Fort Worth stockyard. Like, that's his thing. And he just wanted to make it. And he didn't get a lot of jobs. I was like, this guy's my star. Put this guy in here. And he was perfect. He was really good. So how did you audition for those moments? That job um, was one where we didn't do, like, heavy casting. It was one of those where the client didn't get it the way we wanted. And so it got almost no, but like we, when, when Bill and Patrick first wrote it, we were like throwing a parade. We're like, this is one of the greatest concepts. This is, it writes itself. It writes itself. And the, the client didn't really get it. There's like, all right, what well, I'll give you a little bit. And so the <laughs> casting, it was like almost shot like a, an indie thing. And so it was just, my request was just find me the weirdest fucking people you can. And, even if, you know, the acting's not bang on, that's the whole point. Right. It's supposed to be. Yeah. It's but, supposed to feel kind of stint. But like that's the hard. To invented. do nothing is, and to hold, to hold frame, right? Is, is And to have an actor stand there and be like, okay, your audition well, is you and do get, nothing. And to get the tone and the joke of that. Yeah. I did did have, you have auditions? No. But we did have ringers, though, because Bill Cochran uh, was did the improv, you know, yeah, the ad libs, yeah, yeah. ad libs. Yeah. And so he brought the whole ad libs team yeah. and we just put them in different roles and they were the ringers. We knew they'd be good. Right. Yeah. And then the like the little filler characters were more people that I just said, find me the people that never get jobs because there's something too awkward about them. Just bring them yeah. in and I'll, and I would just find roles for them. And a lot of those things we would like, you know, we rented out this kind of factory place and we just made up shit as we went, you know, just, oh, what if we do something in here? Or that's funny. Let's do something over here. And Dan. And Dan. And, and Dan. then let's put Dan in everything. Yeah. But that's interesting, too. And I think sometimes the better spots come from when there's not so many eyeballs on it and mm -hmm. not so much. Maybe. One of my other favorite commercials, a Bridgestone commercial that the late Brittany Surratt also wrote. Um, we were out in L.A., North L.A. There's like these beautiful rolling hills that look like an Inya video. It's like rolling grass hills <laughs> of Ireland, you know, <laughs> where you just want to like dance we're on the tops. We're going to put a and... ton of footnotes, Falcon Crest, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So I don't know. It's somewhere north of Chevalet, uh, off the five. I believe up by some up, Burbank, up, really. No, probably up by uh, or the Six Flags. Up, up by yeah, 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 yeah. Is that one hundred one or five? That's the that's the that's the four hundred five to the five. I think Ventura. I, the five. Is it Ventura yeah. County? Yeah, towards no, that. It's, uh, Valencia. Yeah. No, that's one thirty four. Okay, All right. go. Anywho, we were out there to shoot a Bridgestone. Spot. Sorry, we're gonna get so much <laughs> we, shit from people. Yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. in LA is like, "What the <laughs> fuck? fuck? Did you guys even?" It's ever... the four hundred five to the one hundred one to the five to the one ten. Motherfucker. Yeah. Damn, bro, you took all right. Uh, anyways, we're out there shooting a Bridgestone commercial about being green, eco-friendly tires, blah, blah, blah. So the main script uh, was very kind of expositional, very client-guided. I want to make sure to get all these points across, you know. So, you know, this is during the scientist. Remember the yeah, yeah. scientist? Yep. You know, here at Bridgestone, yep. it was that. I remember, you, I think you cast that through Gabrielle. I remember doing the, doing the. Yeah, yeah. probably. Yep. And um, so in, those three actors are fucking great dudes too uh so anyways they're doing that thing blah 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 and the commercial's fine it was just you know it was just very on the nose you know uh but the the script that britney also submitted was brilliant and the client was like eh, i don't know if it gets all the points across but i loved it so much more so we finished early and we had probably 45 minutes of sunlight left before it went below these beautiful india hills and uh and the client left to the airport and like half the people left and it was just me and Brittany and the art director, Sarah, and the actors. And I, I, I said, man, we're sitting with a crew for 45 minutes till the sun's gone. I was like, I can shoot your other concept if no one busts my balls and let me just direct it the way I would do it myself. I had 45 minutes. If no one busts my balls, I can shoot that whole commercial while we're here, you know? So the agency producer talked to the guys about whatever the SAG stuff, right, blah, 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 right. if it airs, if it blah, airs, blah, blah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Took care of all that. And the concept was, is the Ecopia tire was like this natural animal and it was supposed to be like a BBC documentary, you know, where it was like that whispery yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, uh, here out in the wild is the Ecopia bridge, you know, that kind of thing. And it, and it, that was basically the concept. And it didn't even matter what they said. She had a little bit of the expositional about the Ecopia or whatever, how it saves money and whatever. Uh, but everything else, we just put it out there and we had the guys improvise like with binoculars and stuff. And everything that they said was them just making up stuff. Except one of the guys kept making up really inappropriate jokes. And I kept laughing and I'm sitting there holding the camera. I said, Jerry, the, the sun's going down, bro. Give me something relevant to the commercial that other people can see. He goes, all right, all right. So then he gives me like story-based stuff yeah. and knocked it out so quick. And that's, and then that one I edited on spec because they never finished yeah. it out. So I, you know, I just cut it at my house and I threw in some, I comped in Kilimanjaro in the background. So it felt African and <laughs> I got those African trees with the flat tops. Yes. And I comped that. And so it didn't look like the rolling hills of LA. <laughs> it looked like Africa, but to your original point about, you know, just, like shooting stuff really fast when you don't have to go through the whole process. That's one of my favorite commercials. Yeah. And that was just kind of it. Oh, the parents are gone. Let's just shoot something real quick. It's still one of my favorites. I know for the intro, we're going to put Tropicana. And for, yes. the, for the end music, it's going to be Enya. 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll carry it. Today's theme music. All right. I ask is do not do Orinoco Flow. That's probably my least favorite Enya song. Yeah, that one's banned from my life. Um, but she's got a lot of good others. She has so many club bangers. It's insane. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know about club bangers. That's more of Bjork thing. Well, you've gone to the and wrong club. And yet for me, it was more like, you know, sitting on top of our apartment building mm-hmm. and on Melrose and Western smoking a fat joint and, oh, like, yeah, yeah. you know, being in the hot tub because it was always on the roof. Yeah, yeah. Know? And then you're just like blissing out over the... For me, it's riding side. white horses through the hills of Ireland. Back yeah. when I used to do that <laughs> with a white linen shirt and my abs. Yeah. Just his hair was flowing in the wind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, your Orinoco. Flow. Those are my memories. <laughs> well, so tell me about uh, when it goes wrong. Tell me about some like audition situations where you're just it's you're not you're not winning. Like the client isn't happy, or the you know. I honestly don't think in the twenty three years I've done commercials, it's ever been that way. This is why you're successful. Like, no, I it said it in your bio. <laughs> I, I feel I'm really trying hard to think of any adverse casting. Is there experience. is I there mean, any casting experience where it was like you really wanted that person and the client really wanted someone terrible? Uh, Yeah, a few times. Not a lot, but a few times. But you know what? I'm the weird part of me is I don't get bent out of shape about it. Well, first of all, it's their commercial. It's not my commercial. Right. I, I am just an advisor. You know, commercial director is nothing but a, uh, a what is it called? A, when you ask for advice, something, there's a role for that. Consultant. Consultant, thank you. You know, directors are just consultants, commercial directors. And so I can consult my opinion, but if they feel about somebody else, I have consulted. Therefore, my new responsibility is to take who they have chosen and make it shine. So I actually don't mind the challenge if I feel like, oh, that person did not do good. And I get that they like something visually about them, but it'll be a challenge on set. I like look forward to bringing something out that wasn't there. You know, don't get me wrong when there's a great actor who's amazing and I can just say, hey, you get the joke, try some shit. (laughs) You know, when it's that easy to direct and they do some stuff and I go, cool, do that, but less of this, more of that. That's fun, but it's like not a challenge. But if you have somebody who was, you know, maybe not the best and they come in and you have to give them a little acting 101 about stuff, but at the end of the day, you get a great performance. You know, uh, to me, that was almost more fun in the day. You know, and the I know when happy. you like somebody because it's just minor little, he's like, it's just like, can you just like kind of look a little bit or do very small direction? I'm like, okay, he likes this guy or like mm-hmm. it's a person. Cause yeah, because I'm getting into the details. Yeah, get into details. And they're usually just minor variations of what they're doing. Right. So you start with broad strokes. Yeah. Do you get the joke? And I mean joke, even if it's not a comedy. Get the script. moment, get the beat. Right. Like the, the, every script has an angle. Like there's something we are doing original. That's a unique view on life that is tied into the product. Do you get that? And, and can you and help here's me with that? something to think about that I think is to tell people is that um, everyone's always trying to, I think, do what they think that script, the choices. Everyone's doing the yeah. same thing as opposed to filtering their own, making their own choice and doing it their own way, mm-hmm. but also staying in relationship to what that moment is. But most people tend to pick a broad, general idea. And, and it's crazy to watch 100 people come through and do it the same way. Yeah, it's it, it's funny because I, I wonder about that. And I don't feel like it's lack of imagination i think they're just playing the numbers right Mm -hmm. because there's still so many commercials like i would like to think none of my commercials are that soulless one-dimensional thing that i personally can't stand like i love it when commercials have some sense of authenticity even if we do a a weird out of normal concept like i want to look at that person and feel like that's how they are in their real life they're not playing commercial acting yeah you know um 
like I've used it when we've done more producty stuff, you know, where a woman will come in as mom role of kids. And then they play that eighties serial commercial mom. That's fake and one dimensional. Hey guys, how are we doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know? And I'm just like, Hey Deborah, do you, when you're at home, shout out Deborah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all, all Debras and Deborah. My name's Deborah. I'll say, do you, is that how you talk to your, your family at home? And she's like, no. And I was like, how would you say it to your real kids? Hey guys, will you mind not doing that? But where does cool. That, will you do that, that from? Where does that come from though? Everyone comes in and does this broad commercial. I think, like, yeah. I, like Have you guys watched TV in the last 20 years? They don't right. do that anymore. But they'll do but it. they do do that. Yeah. They, I, I mean, they I get, do do they that. Do? Okay. And I think you feel like you are in some way obligated to do that because you can't be as unique as you would in like, you know, the broad strokes of a film where you can you know you can breathe and there's it's not about timing and all of that sort of punctuation of delivery I mean, of this thing that has to appeal to everyone. I do experience that where we we go and we cast something and we're like, we're making this, you know, Woody Allen film, right? And then you see the commercial and you're like Nope. nope, that's <laughs> not that you made a Tide commercial <laughs> yeah. like, it, you know, like a and I think, too, there's a lot of like Tide commercials that are very much about like, you know, sexy shots of the Tide bottle of detergent. Mm. And then every now and then you get one that's like that was fucking quirky and funny. You right. know? I mean, that's and what you, I think a lot of years are. I do, too. Have, I think a lot of years are like that. But I think most of us actors go in thinking we're going to make a tight commercial. I'm not going to do quirky and funny. I, I gotta I'll do, never I, get the job. You go in, you go, I got to do Deborah. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, to be fair, it's all about the this whatever your layer above you communicating the rules yep. down. Yeah. Right. So if you have a commercial that's not the try tied, you know. That's only that way. It's not necessarily because the creatives wanted it that way or the director wanted it that way. It's just that's that's the rule set that the client wants for this thing. Yeah. Uh, it could be their opinion. I don't know. But but for example, if people come in and play the serial Saturday morning mom, it could be them just going, hey, until you give me direction, I'm going with the safe option. Yes. So part yes. of the job that's what, of a yes. director. It's a safe option. That that's happens a lot, yeah. I think. So yeah. part of directing and casting directing is setting the rules of the world. Yeah. You know, so sometimes like when you have me write a little paragraph yeah. to send to them to do their first auditions, uh, my thing is not only here's the goal and here's some ideas, but you don't have to follow them as long as you hit the goal your way and don't be over the top. Don't try too hard. Do it as if you're not on camera, you know, like I'm going to set the rules of the universe. So they come in and they feel free because they each actor could say, I hate playing that cheesy. I wish I could just be myself. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to let them know you can't. You can't be yourself. You can't. But I think my, a lot of your spots are like that. And like a lot of HEB is like that. And it's like, I like these relatable, quirky characters. Uh, but you don't always know that that, you know, the actor, we're lucky if we get boards, I feel like, you know, yeah, to no, see a sure. visual. You, you guys have to come in and just pick something out of it. But, but a lot of like times, you're a lot watching of times, though, a football game we're doing and you get excited. But we're doing callbacks. He tells me, I come out out of the room, tell okay. you guys. I'm not and, in the group and, he's about and, to describe. And then you guys come in, yes. do it completely different. Yeah. He looks at me and he goes, I just told you yeah. to tell them. Yeah. And I go, I just told them. Yeah. And then I go back out and I go, again, yeah. this is what we're doing. I know how you feel because that's how it is on set sometimes. Yeah. Because the sound man doing their job whenever 
I walk up to them, they kill their mics so that we have a private conversation. I tell Soundman, I have nothing to hide. I'm not going to say anything. Leave the mics on. I want everybody in Video Village to hear the conversation I'm having with the actor because sometimes I will be like, throw the rock, Mitch. That's from an SNL skit that I love. Just throw the rock, Mitch. Just throw the rock. And they're like, I got it, man. It's easy. Just throw the rock. I got it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. And then you roll and they're just like, throw the rock. Throw the rock. And then eventually, you know, yeah. agency will come over. Hey, man, I was thinking, what if you tell them to just like, the, dude, I, <laughs> I, I've said this in 20 <laughs> languages. I've demonstrated. <laughs> yeah. I've used metaphors. I've used all the tricks. You know, we just watched the documentary throw the rock together. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know. It's almost like sometimes it's it's almost too focused that maybe an actor gets uh, gets a wall up and gets insecure and doesn't uh, feel like they can move in any sort of creative way. Um, And so they get stuck in that pattern no matter what you say. And then. Yeah, I, th- to me, uh, directing actors, I I want them to feel as free as a bird, non-judged, all those things. When I hear stories, usually through agency people, about directors who lose their shit or get impatient or get crabby when things aren't right, like as a demonstration of whatever power or whatever, to me, I'm like, they're only screwing themselves because once you spook the deer. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like <laughs> once they're in their head, yeah, it's they're, gone. they're gone. They're yeah, gone. They're yeah. gone. Oh, yeah. And you are not going to end the day with what you want. Nope. I keep a very safe space with actors. And even if they're totally even not. Even a safe word. No. Yeah, yeah, parachute. Even if they're messing it up over and over, I will even, when I tell them to do, like give them something else, I will slightly alter my thing to not let any shame come out. You know, I'm just like. Cool, you you nailed that perfect. I I have a new idea when it's literally the thing I've been saying for ten yeah. times. But then I like we're gonna do another thing with <laughs> yeah. the rock. We're gonna throw yeah. this rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're gonna throw it slightly yeah. different. We're gonna yeah. let go of the rock. Right. Yeah, we're gonna let go of the rock, <laughs> and like a velocity towards that wall. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna call it throwing. You know what I mean? So like I make sure almost like a therapist session. They're always yeah. in a good mood. They feel safe yeah. that I'm not going to, no one's going to lose their shit that, you know, when they have the cameras all on them that, you know, they don't, I want them to feel as loose and non-judged as possible, no yeah. matter what their performance is. I, At I, the end of the day, I have to take responsibility for the choice, whether they were my choices, the agency's choice, the client. At the end of the day, right, they're my actors to deal with and I want them to succeed as much as they want to succeed. You know, and to allow them to be in a creative space and not a, I don't want to look like an idiot or get yelled at. And just the downward spiral of like, they just, their insecurity just, I mean, I know, Mm -hmm. and they just think they can't do anything right. And like you said, they they get paralyzed. But also I tell actors, I'm like, if no one's saying anything to you and they're just moving along, you are doing great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If they're keep talking to you, you're not doing so (laughs) Oh, dude. Yeah. Like uh, when I've done the TXU spots, uh, Alex ashbaugh they're they're txu you know yeah, yeah. if you're in texas you know the txu guy he's great he's a he's a machine and i don't bust his balls at all i mean i i i sit there you know <laughs> my reading glasses and my old man's and i just sit there and i hit the lines and i'm like and he does it perfect i'm like cool hit this word harder got it next time do this all right hit the intro a little harder it's the first line of the commercial give me that welcoming tone and he nails it right away i mean him and i just blaze through shit you know, and I'm but not see, busting that's a his very balls. specific skill. Yeah, for an actor. But it's the point like, is, like, if you're good, 
let's knock this out. Yeah. Let's try options. And especially I can get options immediately. I don't have to sit and have a philosophical conversation yeah. with a good actor, you know? Yeah. Imagine you're a butterfly, right? yeah. you know? <laughs> and I can just hit them with a, an, a quick analogy and like, got it. And then they nail it, you know? Yeah. And then if I'm up there teaching you like acting 101 about projection and, and this and that and whatever, then it's going to be a slow day. So talk about difficult. How difficult, because you do stuff with Shaq, and you do stuff with the Spurs. You do stuff with the Texans. That's like, another great spot, yeah, the Spurs. The Spurs oh. stuff is awesome. I love, love that. that one. I've shot that since 2005. Yeah. I've shot, I think, every single Spurs commercial for HEB since 2005. The, the one with the jalapeno poppers. Oh, yeah. I love it. That line that kills me, me and Tony Parker made up uh, on the spot, the last line about, does that sign say cooking with Timmy? Timmy. Like, I think in the script it said, why you got to be like that, Tim? And the client said, mm, you know, think of something else. And uh, and so the writer was like, what was wrong with it? Wanted to kind of argue why, what was wrong with it. And I thought, well, I have all the spurs staring at me and I don't want to wait for a creative session. So uh, me and Tony Parker through the years just had, like he's a very sweet, open, friendly guy. And him and I would kind of riff on stuff together a lot. Like we had like a fun little creative thing going. And I wasn't my idea. The production designer added that sign that said uh, cooking with Tony. Tony. Right. And uh, and they just added it. And I was sitting there looking at Tony and I'm looking at the sign. I was like, what would my smart ass say if I was Tony? <laughs> and I said, hey, man, what if you what if you bust his balls about that sign? not being his show, it's your show. And he goes, oh yeah, I like that. Let's try that. And I was like, all right, well, while you guys figure out the line, we're going to shoot this real quick. And Tony, one take, uh, what the best part that Tony did, which is the end, shout out to the editor for letting it sit. There's this like long pause. Yes, Tony's just like, does that sign say cooking with Timmy? Yeah, <laughs> so you know? true. <laughs> yes. And so it all just, you know, those are those things where you're like, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. They're all so good, though. Like, I mean, how did you get it's such a, it's, great performances out of It's a difficult spot. Right? So he, you usually yeah. only have an hour with them, right? They, and they're, it's definitely not the focus of their life is is probably the commercial, yeah. right? And so they show up and they're like, what do you want me to do? You know? And so he has to craft and sort of, I think, get performance. And you don't get, it's not like he gets this time with them. No. So what? it's like comedy gold. No, whenever I shoot the sports stuff, uh, especially like uh, the H-E-B commercials. So like the Texans at, you know, we did JJ Watt for a while when yeah. he was there and uh, in the Spurs since 2005. Uh, what else? You Shaq. Oh, Astro, Shaq. Like all the Astros stuff. Yeah, Astros and then Shaq, uh, the Shaq stuff, which Shaq is. Shaq, I do. Shaq is very much a showman though. Like all of the Spurs and that yeah, Shaq, I do. jalapeno popper spot. I don't imagine. Yeah, Shaq's not for H-E-B. He's for Epson. Epson. Epson USA. Well, he's for Epson. He's for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is he not? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that that, ag that agency is the friendly, creative family over at 31,000 feet. feet. Yeah, great, great, great folks. Great people. Great folks. Um, so we do the Epson America stuff with them, and that's with Shaq. Shaq is uh, a whole st story with himself. I won't go into it. He's one of the sweetest dudes on the planet, but he's doing it Shaq's way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love Shaq's very clear feedback. Hey, man, what if you did it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not doing that. Good, I, good idea, Chris. We're going to do it this way. <laughs> yeah. No, I love Shaq. He's one of the sweetest, nicest dudes. And the guy is smarter than everyone in the room. You know, I, I, like... I always say this about the guys, the sports people I work with. Obviously, they're athletic. They have athletic ability. 
But when you work with them, you realize they're really stars because they're so fucking smart. Tim Duncan has got to be one of the smartest dudes I've ever been around in my life. You know, the guy's ability to remember small details is insane. I, I remember the first time I shot with him in 2005, I walked in a room and he was sitting there eating a sandwich. We got him. And I was like, hey, Tim, I'm Chris. And uh, so let me give you lay of the land and what we're doing. And I sat there and I, I gave him all this direction and stuff. He literally never said a word. He just sat there eating the sandwich. And I was like, we good? And he just sat there staring at me. I was like, all right, see you on set. <laughs> and uh, I walk out and somebody goes, how'd it go? I was like, no idea. <laughs> and uh, But we went out there. He listened to every fucking word I said. Like and, photographic memory or something. Yeah, and yeah. delivered flawlessly. And then... Um, I don't really watch sports, but I was watching a game on Spurs on TV and I realized, oh, that's how he is with pop. Like, it's not me. It's just like, what does he have to say? Like, he's yeah. a very efficient guy. He's like, yeah. if I don't have anything to say, why they say, yeah. but I would watch him on the sidelines. He'd go in and pop would sit there and give direction to everybody. And Tim just like says nothing and walks in, delivers exactly yeah. what it, and that's how he is. I could hit him with like 10 notes and he'll just stare at me. And I knew that our relationship evolved over the years because I shot with Tim like, I don't know, 12 something years in a row. I knew it evolved when he'd be like, got it. Yeah. <laughs> you like, added a you, couple yeah. like, me and Tim are like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, to show you how tight I am with Shaq, I've been directing him for two years. And uh, I, I couldn't do this Shaq job a few weeks ago because I was on a different job. Um, but the agency told me a funny story. They, they took, uh, the other, the director who was shooting and, and, uh, and he was going to introduce the other director to Shaq and Shaq goes, where's the other guy? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I'm the other, other guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Shaq. <laughs> I'm the other oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. He usually calls me Alamo Heights cause him and I are the same age and we both lived in San Antonio. Antonio. Yeah. So he, and then our writer Marshall went to ironically not Marshall high school. I think he went to Churchill. So he'll sometimes call us Alma Heights and Churchill. Nice. So, or he'll call me Spielberg. He just calls all the directors Spielberg. Spielberg. <laughs> so is there, are there qualities that you're always looking for in an actor or does it vary spot to spot? I mean, like you've got a guy like Scoot McNary who clearly has something, or at least I feel like sometimes you get on a, on a tear. Um, she mentioned like, Scoot. We talked to Scoot the other day. Like you're the popular like for a while there, when I was booking a lot, it was like, you know, hip mom. It was all like that hip mom era. And then that kind of died away. And then like a friend of mine also had a, a run of lots of commercials where you just kind of you fit right into that thing that all of the marketing is like really soaking up. For me, the specs come from the agency, which I'm sure they collaborate with the client on, you know, mom, 35, not to this, a little of this, you know. I have nothing to do with those specs and I, we adhere to the specs. In fact, half time, I don't even know what the specs are. Yeah, because, they come to me. I, and yeah, because it comes to the producer. She sends it to John and then like Michelle, my producer will be like, shout out Michelle. Michelle, my girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony, Darren. Deborah. No, Michelle. Come on. That's that's the sugar crew. That's my, the sugar fam. My, yeah. My girl, Deborah. Deborah. She's, Deborah. She's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a lot of times I don't even know what specs are till John tells me because like I'll have a quick conversation with him before you guys do the, the your initial call first round, yeah. yeah, whatever y'all call it. It's been twenty three years. I don't even know what it's called. Uh, I have one guy says Are you can send it in the breakout. You got the breakout going out. What yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> the breakout? Yeah, so I'll get on the phone call with John. And I was like, 
I said, all right, you've seen the specs and the script. What's your plan? And then I'll criticize it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so no, I don't, so spec wise, like, I don't care. It's whatever they want. However, what I look for as a director yes. is I probably look for intelligence. Because even if it's a silly thing, I want to see somebody who's intelligent as a person who can mind meld on a higher level yeah. and play goofy or dumb or whatever. I just, I want to talk to somebody who's, you know, that's understanding the concept, that's thinking ahead, that has more layers than just tell me where to put my hand. You know what I mean? So I personally look for intelligence um, and then creativity, obviously, you know, to just kind of wing and mess around and stuff. So when I, when an actor comes in like that, I care less about what spec they are, what trend they are. I don't give two shits about the trends. I just want an actor where I, it's, you know, like a blind date. You know, you feel the the resonance and the vibes, if I can use some more hippie terms, you know, where you just go, that person I want on set. I want to hang out with that person. I want to talk. I want to collaborate. And when I have a great actor, it's, I don't feel like I'm sitting in the chair directing them. I feel like them and I are, as a team, creating something great that we're both proud of. And I love it when a great actor, and they're good, and I love to bring them over to watch playback, and they can they can direct themselves sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the best direction is just say, hey, watch playback. That helps me a lot on commercials, especially. Yeah. Because what I'll do is I'll say, hey, watch. And I, I'm usually real quiet. I don't want to you know, make them feel self-conscious. I'll be like, hey, watch this. You got this weird like fidgety hand thing. Yeah. Just check. I just want you to see it. Yeah. And then uh, also I think that you can hit this a little harder. It's feeling a little. And then when they see it, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I see it. I see it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And they'll go back and you know, clean it all up yeah. immediately. Because that, that kind of perfectionism I get in the commercial world is really important. That, you know, like every hair, the shirt is ironed. Mm-hmm. Like those kind of things actually are really important in this really brief moment of burning this situation onto people's eyeballs. Yeah. You know, it's like I never noticed that one details. thing could just take you right out. Like it drives my mom's crazy certain yeah. spots where the hair is just really bad. I never, <laughs> I never noticed those details. Um, but I think that's why they get so specific because it's like it's just such a, a microscope of of a view of right. this scene. Well, I'll see how the video village, you know, it's it can be 10, 30 people all staring at a monitor bored as shit, yeah. you know, and they're staring at thing. Whereas I'm moving around. I'm talking to ADs and actors and DPs yeah. and production designers, et cetera. And I'll go in and, and, and obsess on certain things, you know, the blocking of actors objects whatever you know lighting quality etc but i'm not going to notice the nat turd that's by the book in the background that's driving everybody crazy at video village i just i don't right. there's also i don't a, focus a, on those a, things. a world of relationships in, in video village which is your clients and your ad agency people and i feel like there's a lot of times people are saying stuff because they're like i haven't said they feel like they have while. to contribute yeah i have to yeah. contribute you know i'm, I'm yeah, here I heard, I heard yeah. someone once say it's deciding to have an opinion before actually having an opinion. Yeah. yeah. Like, Damn, I need to have an opinion here. Yeah. Uh, but whatever, you know, I guess we all do it. Um, and then kids, like. Oh, kids. The best. <laughs> the best. The best. How <laughs> Love the hell me some kids. do you do the kids? Uh, again, I look for smart but non-precocious kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, advice to parents. When they send their kids in, don't give them a bunch of one-liners and shit. It's just, it immediately makes me discount wanting to them on set or to have their parents on set, you know? Yeah. It just have a kid the way I want an actor to come in. Don't be method. Don't do 
weird hacky tricks to get noticed to be remembered you want to be remembered be a good actor and pay attention and like think about the script and help me out you know but sometimes kids will come in and have some little shtick what's your name my name's hey bud i'm like oh here's his mom talking yeah you know i'm like Like, yeah and so if i'm put you know if i have three kids that are in my top pile i'll be like oh that girl was real chill she understood there wasn't like weird shit going on her mom like that's gonna be the person i want you know because the last thing i think is i want a kid who's all like uh, you know, like overacting and trained by the mom to be like, hey, it's, yeah, you know. it's a good point, though, to help you out. Like, don't come and impress me. Don't come in and try to show me like help me make this thing. That is a really good like, be in service. I'm in service of this. Yeah. These people of the script. You guys be in service. Let's all come in and help, yeah. help me. Yeah. To make this as opposed to that's a really I'm going to show you or yeah. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to make an impression on you. Yeah. I'm going to bring in a loaded pistol. What? Don't do that. Oh, or I'm just going to be what you want. And also, don't say you can ride a bull if you can't ride a bull. Don't say you've jumped out of a plane <laughs> I mean, if, if you, you can't jump out, out of a plane. plane. Does every yeah right? Does every eight by ten have fencing or horseback riding? <laughs> yes, yes. We, we, I never look at eight by ten. We, ha- we have you hand to me that out. shit. I, I flip it upside down. I've yeah, no, I tell you, I haven't looked at a headshot for years. I haven't taken a decades. headshot in years. Well, okay, so with this new fucking self tape. Mm-hmm. Zoom audition callback malarkey. I mean, are you finding it? Are you pivoting in some way that you can still get what you want, or is it just more so much more of a challenge? Pivoting to like, in a way that I hate casting more than ever. <laughs> yeah, meaning the process. Right. Uh, the self tapes. I don't mind. Those are fine. The first round. It's the callback Being where on the I'm not in person on a couch yeah. with my colleagues from the agency. Yeah, having one to one talking about the spot workshopping actors, being able to get up, you mentioned this, being able to get up and talk to the actor or do a little like a little line read. Cause sometimes when you do a thing, they pick up your vibes from, you know, from your expression. Or sometimes if they're not getting, I literally just stand next to them. I'm like, yeah, you're just doing this kind of thing. Like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, instead of like <laughs> having to describe a thing and then whatever you have to, especially if it's like a hard thing to describe, then yeah. you have to describe it all day to like 28 people. You know, to where you've gone like down the For the heart 20, of yeah. dark, you've gone up the heart of darkness until you just don't know what life is about anymore. Yeah, and you've explained yeah. the same Fuck thing. Fuck off! We do I, it ten hours. I, I don't imagine <laughs> the first. <laughs> I don't. I don't I know think, how you do it. I've uh, said John's it a million like, times. That's the job. Yeah, you don't understand. I was like, you're like, a different breed. I get that casting's important. I get it. As every fucking conference call, somebody somewhere. Hey guys, let's for real. Casting is key. <laughs> casting is key. It is. So I get it. Casting is key. Yeah. Somebody somewhere has got to say it. Not like people we shoot with recurring, but if right. you're ever like a new relationship between agency and director, somebody somewhere, it's like the person who didn't say anything in the back. Yo, casting. Yo, casting. Yeah. <laughs> casting is really important on this yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Casting is really hey, important. Hey, on this okay. one. Yeah. Casting is key. But so despite casting being key, I got it. Casting is key. I hate the process. It's like uh, getting the flu shot. You know what I mean? It's, it's the thing. It's really It's a thing that I, I, I need the stupid flu shot, but you think I like going to the doctor and, and getting the, going through the experience. I mean, honestly, you have to imagine what it's like, uh, the actor, 
I'm like in my bedroom where just this one wall is, I've yeah. taken the pictures down. It's gray. The lighting's here or whatever. It's Hey Joe. And I'm in some waiting room, yeah. you know, and it's just a bunch of different names changing. Or then every now and then I see another actor and I'm like, oh God, can they see me? You know, mm-hmm. there's all this fucking weird techno weirdness shit. And then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, it's like, boom, you're in the room. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but really it's like a bunch of dark squares. You know, there's people there and then there's maybe the director and yeah. then maybe casting or someone else is there. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's awkward for everyone. because And then you're like, you know, your dog's over here. Like you're not in their same world. And then yeah. you have to portray a completely different world that they just verbalize to you. Right. And not only that, but it's like your phone. So you have to remember when I look over here, oh, yeah. it's not good. I should look this way. Even though they're over here, I can see them. It's yeah. just a fucking mess. Like, well, Yeah, but even me as the director, especially if I work with an agency I don't know, and I still haven't even met them, and now they're just hearing me as this voice on a Zoom all day, or your Hey Joe, or whatever. It's just weird versus just being in a room. And also when you're in the room, even if you're not talking about the spot, you know, on hour three, I think you're done talking about the spot. I think we've covered the ideas. Now you're just getting to know each other. You're feeling vibes out, you know, whereas yeah. on the thing, it's just, it doesn't have the awkward silence, you know, and through the chat, you just see a, or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like weird for the actor. It's weird for everyone and versus just, just being in the room. And then it's just gone. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I'm alone in my house. That's right. That's weird. Yeah. And it, it, and it's, don't get me wrong. I like, I love the actors it's not the actors it's just the redundancy of the process you know what i mean it's like you go in and it's fun for like the first six seven people and once you've reached like the hundredth person and it, but yeah. it also used to be before 2008 2009 we'd call back Pre-pan- five people pre-pandy we'd call back four people yeah right pre-pandy we in 08 before the crash because after the crash they started spending money again and everybody was just super hyper like you know scared right and, and so now you so call they, back a bunch of people yeah it used to we used to, a callback used to be an hour long and it used to be maybe your top three and you're like it's between these three people and now it's between 30 people really yeah i don't know if it's fear but sometimes when you have three four people putting their opinion and people just see things differently you're going to get three or four different palettes of of the available people. Also, there's some people that are just so sweet and nice. It's like, they almost feel bad. Like, well, I want to give them a chance. But you know, what I'd want to say is, well, if you don't think you're really going to use them, you think that they want to go find somebody to watch their kid yes. and go through all this bullshit and yes. go thing or whatever. Like, thank you, Chris. It's the same thing with me is like, uh, if I have agency friends, don't do me a favor by putting me in a bid mix if I know you want to use so and so. Yeah, it's a ton of work for you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's work and money. Yeah. you know, because yeah. there's cost to bidding. And yeah. uh, you but know, no, like, dude, I used to love callbacks. I used to be like, it's a callback. Oh, we're only gonna be here for an hour. I get I my same rate. I, love and I was it like, too. it's awesome. Well, and then also but it's now, like straight to director. It's like, great, here we go. Let's talk. Let's get to the nitty gritty meat of the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of having to go through all the different steps, it it literally went from like. It used to be a great to be, it was a callback because we knew we were going to be in and out in half a day and I'm at the beach surfing. Yeah. And now it's like, it's a callback. We're going to be here for 12 hours. I feel 20, yeah. 2023 in general feels that way. It's so easy. Just the click of a button, but everything is so much harder. I mean, I'll call you to Dallas a couple of times to come in and say hi to Chris. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I do remember the trips to Dallas and back. I should say. Yeah, right. yeah. I should yeah. say. It's funny now because we'll try to do it in the room and people are like, ah, uh, can't make it. Yeah. I th- can I do Can I do virtual? Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, well, I'm I- older now, but yeah, I remember many, many a trip to Dallas. For Seven hour trip from Austin yeah. to walk in yeah, and be and, like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And be like, hi, I'm Deborah. I did right. it. 
so many times and then just right back on I-35, hating myself. Yeah, both of you guys, the actor and the money grabber, are both a different breed because I could, I personally, I don't know, especially if you lived in LA, you know, the traveling across the city, finding parking at a place that has zero parking. Yeah. You know, walking to do this thing where you have very low odds compared to, you know, all yep. the amount of people going back, getting the parking ticket. Yes. Like, yes. you're a different this, breed. This I is, could this not is a do tr- it. This is a true story. This man this, knows. This is a true story. He lived in Pasadena, work in Santa Monica. If I didn't leave at the right time, three, almost three and a half hours to get from Pasadena to Santa Monica in oh, the morning. Easy. Yeah, easy, right? Yeah. I can now fly, land at LAX, get to the studio in Santa Monica in the same time that it used to take me to drive to get to get to work. Because you fly from where? From here. It's a three-hour flight. Oh. Yeah. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Believe Crazy. that. Believe yeah. that. Yep. Uh, and I get the two hours on the way. And you, Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Or I sit in my house and I turn on Hey Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey like again, Joe. There's some, there's some perks. Yeah. There's some oh, you're drawbacks. loving it. You're loving it. Yeah. No, I right? still keep the studio. I still, I'm paying for, I'm getting, getting a new studio because I know everybody that we need it every once in a while. And we, Are we, we going we, back to old school no, casting? I, don't, I, I, I mean, I think that, I think that you, I think it's going to be a hybrid, right? You're, of tapes probably for the beginning. And then yeah, the callbacks will be a mix, right? Again, I don't think we're getting people out of Dallas or Houston to drive, you know? But Yeah, I guess the advantage though. Like if we shoot in Texas, is you're going to get more people if they can just yep, we, zoom we in versus travel. And then, uh, and sometimes, you know, you'll throw in people from out of state. Yep. They're willing to, to get here to yep. do but it. But could you have in person as an option we, for uh, those of us who. We do, but it's just, I mean, it's just, it just, every, and it seems like every time we start trying to get back, then COVID spikes, you know? I know. Dude, we yeah, should yeah. all do it in VR. So like in VR, we're all on the I, same. I, dude, I think, I think. I'm just going to A myself, AI myself. No, we do just, spatial computing. That's yeah. going to be it. Like that will be our, it. With our ocular yeah. things? Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Yep. Oh. That will be uh, it. Yeah. You'll be in the room. You'll be no. in the virtual room. I'm already we, yeah. in a virtual room. I don't want to yeah. get more virtual. <laughs> also, between, I'm an actor. Yeah, between actors, me and the agency can play golf in like some Scottish <laughs> course somewhere. Oh, God, you know? yeah. You could be a head on a llama. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I want to be yeah. the head on the llama. We'll do a little beat saber between actors. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> just throwing out ideas. Just throwing yes. out ideas. Yeah. Spiraling out yeah. of control. I'm just consulting. Yeah. That's it. All right. Well, what's going to become of us? Uh, you're going to live in the virtual world. No. I mean, Chris, don't make them put us there. What, where do you think everything's going in advertising? What do you think about that yeah. as far as that goes? Uh, I know everyone feels like a big. My shit. honest opinion. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you this: when I'm on set, like I was, I was doing a shoot in Mexico last summer. You know, usual film production set, billion crew, people, lights everywhere you know, giant circus building the film part. And then the social team were uh, two ladies from the agency, you know, kicking ass over in a corner with their iPhone, you know, and they'd borrow products off our table, whatever. And you'd see them over there having a blast, you know, doing all their fun TikTok wipes, you know, hitting things and swipings and all that stuff. And one of the crew members said something about the difference between their thing and our thing. And I said, hey man, I don't know the numbers, but, you know, their stuff very possibly gives, you know, sells the same amount of shit as this stuff. And I'm willing to guess it costs less, you know, <laughs> pretty yeah. sure. As, they, as they're bringing in the dinosaur. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure it costs less. Uh, you know, and then 
I'm asked more and more and more to frame for social and this and that. And I get it. Yeah. Like we're, that's I, where the eyeballs are. I don't have TV. I haven't had yeah. live TV in I, five I, years. I, I, me neither. I say your TV is going to be your VHS eventually. I think ABC, NBC, CBS are all going to be. See, so that's why we bring an 80s serial mom is because we haven't watched an actual commercial in so long. No, I watch like uh, all the highfalutin award crap at the end of the year just to stay current or whatever and decide what I hate or like or whatever. Um, although I still think if you just stick to a good story, you, yeah. you, you're not, you don't really have to sit and write all the things. Cause I'm not trying to, you know, like if it's 2004, I'm like, Oh, I gotta be the Napoleon dynamite vibe. Everybody wants, you know, yeah. I've just never been that dude. Even when I came into it as a little young buck in 2000, 2001, everybody at the time was still doing the matrix green bullshit or the swing tilt lenses or, you know, and I was like, no, I'm just going to shoot clean film and stick to a good story and good acting. And so, you know, I don't feel like I, I almost feel like the less I look at shit, the more it's just authentically me and yeah. Trying yeah. stuff. But I, I do at least try to look at the really good stuff and, you know, stay current. But most of the time I look at it and go, kudos, very well done for that script. It doesn't apply to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, the script is the script. You know, I'm not like your normal director where I have that one shtick, that one look. You know, and I just put it on all the scripts. Yeah. I think it was because I did a movie first where you, some scenes are more lighthearted, some scenes are very dark. And in throughout the movie and the character arc, you're going to have lighter moments and dark. And that's why, like, I like shooting a bunch of different stuff. You know, I'll shoot all the, the farmer stuff for HEB. It's very, like, real people, authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to bring the best out of the farmer who's nervous around all the cameras and we make them feel real relaxed and get their personality to shine. But then, you know, three days later, I'm doing the opposite. I'm doing a comedy spot that's very art directed, very acted, you know, very, you know, stylized. And it's it's just a matter of, well, what does the script want? You know, and then you just work around that. That must be fun, like for you to get to. I like the I like the variety. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I know some directors are really good at that thing that they're known for yeah. and and do it great and do that thing better than I ever will. But at the same time, I'd rather just try different stuff. I get, and I think you need quick. you need like I need the sort of like short window. Like we're gonna do something, do a ton of hard work, and then we're done with it. Like then we're on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's a we, yeah. Us at Sugar, we have a very work hard, play hard yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when we're on a shoot, we love to have a blast with the agency and client, have a good time. Tony's great at make sure everybody's having a good time, entertaining and all that. And when I'm on set, you know, I'm serious as a heart attack. You know, I, I never let it, I never take for granted that that client's paying. I mean, yeah, just a production company, it's hundreds of thousands that we then put into, all, you know, that billion people on set and the cameras and all that. But they're also paying the agency and then they're paying the SAG royalties Rosie, and then yeah. they're paying the airtime, which probably costs more than all of oh, yeah, yeah. So, and I realized that I'm spending that money within one day or two days or three days or whatever. And I never take that for granted. So no matter how much the night before we're all laughing, drinking scotch, whatever that next day, not that I'm a you know, grump or whatever, but I, I take it very fucking seriously. I mean, can we, we go back to his bio? Yeah. Well, should I like, there's some more good stuff about your bio down here. Jesus. Favorite taco. But be, favorite taco taco right now. But be honest, chat GPT wrote that, right? No. uh, I didn't. I put it together. This guy gave it to me. Oh, you're a sweetheart. I took what I could get and then I made it. That is, you are a sweetheart. (laughs) In the ever evolving landscape of advertising, Chris Smith stands tall as a visionary. Five, nine. Favorite taco right now. What is your favorite taco? Favorite taco. Well, again, they're all like my children. (laughs) But uh, 
let me throw out a few tacos. Okay. Shout out to Texas Honey Ham over in Westlake. Shit. Uh, oh, my, no. That's my morning Never breakfast. Never had spot. a taco there. Okay. Love it. Fresh made, beautiful breakfast tacos all on the grill. It's all hashed. I hate tacos where you have that one fatty piece of bacon. I do too. They make it crispy. They hash it up and it's all mixed in with the potato guts and the eggs and Hello. all that stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, they make their own tortillas though. Unknown. I'll ask. I go in there so often. I'm tight with all the boys. I'm a little know. particular about you shouldn't sell tacos unless you've made your own tortilla. I think you're right. I'll ask. I have not seen the tortilla machine. No, but usually you can taste. The no, it tastes great. It tastes like the fresh butter H-E-B tortillas from the bakery. <laughs> at that my, are amazing. My H-E-B. At my, at my H-E-B. I'm Chris, and this is the whatever department at H-E-B. No yeah. more. We've no store does up, more. We've picked up so many sponsors for the show today. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the amount of times I've explained to fishermen and just people in the world, back, you know, when we did those signs campaign, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Bill. I'm, and I'd just show them. I was like, let me just show you what to do. It's weird timing, but I'm Bill, and this, comma, look over the shoulder, look at the sign, is the vino department at H-E-B. Pause. No store does more than my H-E-B. And I'm like, all right, I'll give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tacos. Um, let's see. It, I haven't been to Taco Deli in a long time, but when I did, I loved that adobo chicken. Yeah. Um, but I would add sour cream and I would get the serranos toreados. Yeah. Grilled serranos. <gasps> cut that mess up. So then you get the, the heat of the serrano and yeah. you get the nice coolness of the sour cream. And okay. then that sauce on it's already good. So that was a banging taco. Uh, let's see. Uh, in Dallas, I love the um, the Picadillo tacos at, at Fuel City. Okay. You know, down the road from yep. where you cast sometimes. Yep. I mean, if you're in Dallas, everybody knows Fuel City. And uh, what I love for breakfast there is get an egg and potato taco, but also get the Picadillo. And then you just marry them together. And that's a feast. I uh, just want to do a whole show you know, about tacos. him and tacos. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all day. Dude, when I leave, I'm going to I'm gonna be like, oh, gonna... there's 20 other fucking tacos I love, and I'm just blanking. Migas? Any migas, anybody? Um, yeah, I don't like complex migas. I usually more like the chilaquiles. <laughs> chilaquiles, yeah. yes. Chilaquiles, more than migas. Yes. Uh, at the house, I make real simple migas sometimes. You know, you take your corn tortillas, chop them into like little Frito-sized things, Throw them in some oil, crisp them up, let the heat come down so you don't burn the egg, and okay. then throw the egg up in there, and you just stir it all around and let it coagulate. And then um, and then to cool the egg down so it doesn't overheat, uh, if you use H-E-B's, that green sauce, <laughs> and you pour that over the egg a little bit, adds all that flavor in it, and it cools it down so it doesn't turn rubbery, that's a good migas. We have to do a whole show on tacos <laughs> with Christmas. Yeah. Will you come on our show every week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in a permanent position. Yeah. Hey, if you have a food portion, I'll talk about it. What's what? Any good restaurants? Let's in talk Austin about lately? it. Oh, no. I love it. Do what, John? Um, that was horrible. Uh, any any good spots lately? I'm trying to think. I just went to a couple that were good. Oh, taco spots. Yeah. Or just, I thought you meant commercials. No, no, no. And I, I, was I like, thought he did too. And I was no. like, they're all good. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Any good? Any new? Have you tried any new good tacos? I need to get out. I haven't been out lately. Uh, eh, well, been going to Toto Santos a bit down in Baja, yeah, yeah. and so that's my Baja. new Baja. That's my new uh, exploration zone. Yeah. To find some, ta is awesome. some tacos there. 
a lot of good tacos there, yes. especially at uh, La Generala, the buffet. It's yummy. They have a nice chili de arbol salsa. It's very good. And they do make their own tortillas. Oh, I would expect so. Blue corn. Very nice. yum, yum, yum. Okay. Uh, in Austin, probably, and I'm blanking. And I know there's a billion trucks. Yeah. The there's problem so is many. all the good trucks are on the opposite side of town for me. Yeah. And I don't like leaving my house if I'm not on a shoot. Yeah. So to have me leave the house and travel all the way to the opposite side of Austin, find parking, I'm just like, fuck that taco. It's yeah. good. But- <laughs> You know I'll when just I, make my poor man's chilaquiles and migas yeah. at home. You know when I end up going to all the food trucks in Austin is we shoot in Austin, I don't know, two, three times a year yeah. randomly for different stuff. And it's then when I'm usually location scouting is almost always a house somewhere more east side than west side. There you go. And then when I'm over there in the location scout day, I said, yo, like every three houses, we got a food truck break because I got to hit all my spots. There you go. I've been following them on Instagram and today's the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be a feast. I might ride, Taco al- I might ride along. Yeah. We'll take the show yeah. on the road. Oh, you know what? When I leave here, since uh, where we are, I'm going to go south towards downtown. They have Pepe's Tacos, a little truck, and they do the birria tacos. What? What's that? You know, birria. It's it's almost like, um, like a brisket stew. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's like based on like like I don't know, ancho chilies, guajillo. I don't know, but it's like you know, it's based on a broth. It's like based on chilies, and then they they slow cook, almost like a pot roast, but yeah. you know, with uh, Mexican influence. Um, and then they put that in a taco with cheese, and then some of that that broth is a dipping sauce. Oh, that sounds so good. Okay, yeah, we got to go get lunch. We got to go it. get tacos. Yeah, I haven't even eaten yet today. Yeah, yeah, I actually had to set my alarm to wake up to make it here by noon. That's the life of a commercial director. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. That's exactly. why I got into the film business. Yeah. yeah, I've had people like get all like, "Why are you in the film business? Is it because of you know expressing yourself?" I was like, "No, fuck no! I can't get up every day to go to a job." Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm looking for the best chicharron taco. Exactly. Mm. Uh, well, dude, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you very much for being. I didn't write a closing. Show. Closing is like, you know, if you want to see some of these amazing spots that Chris has directed, go to sugarfilms.com. No. Go where? I don't know who Sugar Films does. It's sugartv.com. There you go. Sugartv.com. Sugar-tv.com. Yep. You'll Click see on sp- the work tab. You'll see spots. You can see all of his amazing spots. Behind the scenes photos from the last 20 something years. That would be great. I do need to update that website. I don't think I've added a spot in two years, but you'd get the gist. You get the gist, and they're all pretty great. They're all awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And so thanks for being with us, Chris. Thank you, y'all. And then we'll lead you guys out with Inya. <laughs> Anything but Oracle Flow. Anything but that. Let's go get talking. All right. Peace. Our show today was recorded in studio by the good folks at Record ATX. Check them out at recordatx.com. Our theme music is produced by Jonathan Price. You can check out some of the sounds he makes with his project, The Mid Cities, on Spotify. Follow, subscribe, and smash that like button if you see one. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.